0: Welcome to Strength for Today's Pastor, conversations with current senior pastors and leaders which will strengthen and help you in your pastoral ministry. And now, here's your host, Bill Holdridge of Hoyman Ministries. Welcome to podcast number 141. The title of this podcast is the same as podcast number 60. We're going to replay it because the subject is so appropriate for today ideas on how to lead exciting and impactful prayer meetings. The prayer meeting should be an exciting event because we're in the very presence of God himself. But so often it's a dry experience. How can we do better? So in this podcast episode, Pastor Tim Brown of Calvary Chapel, Fremont, California, will interview me and we'll have a discussion on this subject. Hope you enjoy it and hope it helps you. Feedback, welcome. God bless you. Thank you, Bill, for this opportunity.
1: I think it's a kind of a great idea here to follow through on something like this. I tuned in Wheel of Fortune a few weeks ago, and for some reason, Pat Sajak wasn't there. I don't know if he was sick or what, but they had Vanna White playing the host, playing Pat Sajak's part. And then Pat Sajak's daughter was turning the letters, she was playing Vanna's part. <laughs> and so this is kind of a twist on the theme here. I guess I'll be Vanna. Uh, this this show for you, and uh, you can be over there turning the letters as Pat playing the part of Vanna. Whatever you get the point. Hmm. Yeah, but the the backstory on this podcast, the reason that I'll be interviewing Bill is a couple of weeks ago we were at a conference together, a small gathering of just Calvary Chapel senior pastors, and I had asked Bill uh, because of his travels within the Calvary Chapel movement and his acquaintance with so many fellowships, to to give us a sense of what's what's good with Calvary Chapel, uh, where could we improve our ministry? And Bill talked about a few things. One of the things he talked about was the, for lack of a better phrase, just the sorry state of the prayer meeting within our movement, and and no doubt with that uh, throughout Christendom to a large extent. So we talked about what we could do to improve our prayer meetings and uh, what kind of note to to strike, kind of trajectory to take. What's so important is how we begin our prayer meeting. And so Bill had a lot of good things to say that. And then we as senior pastors kicked that around for quite a while. But to get this particular topic uh, started off, Bill, would you describe what in in your understanding, is the typical prayer meeting?
0: Well, that's such a good question. And, you know, I don't think there's anything more humbling uh, of a subject than prayer, obviously, because all of us feel like we could do better at it. But I think the Lord is optimistic. I'll just say that right away. I think he's optimistic as he invites us to commune with him. But uh, what do we see? What do I typically see? Here's the way a typical prayer meeting goes. People are sitting around a table or in a circle, and a list is produced that is uh, typed and photocopied, and the list has all of the different needs and all of the different requests that are going to be the subject of that prayer meeting that day, and then we just start in right away. We start asking, and we start that whole process. And it's dry, and it's laborious, and it's awkward at times because somebody had to produce that list, and it may not be the exact list that the Spirit of God has in his mind, if he has any list at all in his mind. But uh, that's kind of very typical. Another typical way would be to start the prayer meeting, and we see this happen too. Does anyone have any prayer requests? And we'll talk about that later, what a disastrous first question that is to make Uh in a prayer meeting. But Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, those are the things that typically happen, and people are bored, and um, it's not lively, and it's not anywhere close to the dynamic that can happen and could happen and should happen when God's people get together in the presence of God. And I'm thinking about the temple I'm thinking about what happened when the Shekinah was obvious to all. It was an amazing experience. And the same kind of a dynamic can certainly take place when we meet together in prayer.
1: That is the typical prayer meeting. I think probably everybody listening to this resonates with that. And uh, we could probably add a few adjectives and a few sentences to fill that out a little bit more. But that certainly is the kernel and the core of the thing. Would you then, going on from there, describe an ideal prayer meeting? And then the real critical question, how do we go from the typical prayer meeting to the ideal prayer meeting? You mentioned the Shekinah glory of God, and we we don't want to be too hyperbolic in terms of what what we can expect and what pastors should look for. But how do we move from from the typical to the Shekinah? Because we all desire the Shekinah glory of God. So moving from the typical prayer meeting to the ideal prayer
0: meeting. Well, again, another great question. But I I think that, first of all, most important, we have to redefine in our understanding what prayer is. And if we think prayer is a one-way conversation, it's uh, the prayer praying to the one who we pray to, God himself, and it's a list, then we have have defined prayer as a one-way conversation interaction, and it's not an interaction at all. One-way prayer implies that God's role is to hear us and do what we say, and our role is to ask and and sometimes even direct him. But what happens if we redefine it and we say prayer is actually two-way? A prayer meeting includes God speaking to us in whatever way he wants, and then it includes uh, the, the people speaking to God in whatever way is appropriate. And prayer isn't just requests. It's it's made up of worship. It's made up of praise. It's made up of thanksgiving. And to me, it's the difference between a dry prayer meeting and what I call a wet prayer meeting. <laughs> a dry one is just one way we're directing requests to God. A wet prayer meeting is two-way communication where we expect to hear from God, making impressions on our hearts as we pray. We expect to be able to have this wonderful experience of focusing on God and his nature. So I think that's the very first thing. We have to redefine prayer and make it be what it really is biblically. He speaks, we listen, we speak, he listens, we worship, he elevates us, we go low, he lifts us up. Prayer is God's idea, and he loves to interact with his people that way.
1: Well, I love that perspective. I think there does have to be not just a sense of doing something different to move from the typical to the ideal but reframing the whole idea and the question of a prayer meeting. I remember reading biographies in my early Christian experience of these men that would rise and pray one or two hours, three hours every morning. And I'm thinking, good grief. I can't talk for an hour. I don't have that many things to say to God. I mean, even if I had a long list of of prayer requests, I, I would exhaust that within 10, 15, 20 minutes. I had no idea how can they how they could spend so much time in prayer. But then given the perspective you just shared, it makes so much sense to me, which then makes possible pray at all times. right? And wow. just that open communion with God. And so, Bill, I think that is so huge. That's so clutch. That's so key to reforming and ref- not just reforming our prayer meetings, but reformatting our prayer meetings and the way that we approach them and how we think about them. Where do
0: we go from there, Bill? Well, one pastor put it this way, Tim, prayer is quote intimacy with God that leads to the fulfillment of his purposes. So, you know, I'm thinking of Genesis 18 where uh, the Lord says, shall uh, we hide from Abraham the thing that we're about to do or, you know, the other side of that coin, should we tell him? Hmm. And so the Lord uh, made it known to Abraham. Well, why did he do that? I mean, I think of Genesis 18 and that prayer over Sodom and Gomorrah, I am just absolutely convinced that the Lord wanted to engage Abraham in an incredibly important interactive experience interceding over that city and, and over uh, his his family, his nephew Lot and his family. And so, you know, it was a whole scenario that was interactive. I mean, the Lord would speak and Abraham would speak and vice versa until uh, the actual request, uh, would you spare the city if there were 10 righteous people in it? And the Lord said, yes, I would. The whole scenario displayed God's glory. It, it displayed his sovereignty, it displayed his power. it displayed his willingness to be merciful and gracious. So much of God's nature is on display just in that one interactive scenario with with Abraham. and I think that's what prayer is. Prayer is God inviting us into this holy moment with him over a number of different things, whether it's just worship or whether it's just prayer. Uh, in terms of requests. And I think another thing we need to remember, Tim, is that when we study the actual prayers of the Bible, what they actually say, I mean, there's always confession involved, and there's always worship involved, and there's acknowledgement of God's nature, there are references to his promises. All of these things are part of the prayers. But the actual requests, the actual thing that the prayer is asking God to do In typical biblical prayers is very short, very short. And I think that we need to remember that, that prayer is not made up entirely or even mostly of things that we're asking God to do, but there's everything that goes along with it that is so wonderful.
1: Well, that's what stumbled me about prayer, is my requests are so brief. And how can I fill up an hour's worth of time? And I love love the key insight here that prayer is not... it's not a monologue it's a dialogue yeah and i think right there that that's life transforming yeah when 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 i was able to finally grasp that in my heart my my prayer life it just it just took off yeah me too so you had mentioned that um the the worst way to, to start the prayer meeting is who has any prayer requests or what are your prayer requests what is the best way to start a prayer meeting And what's the best trajectory that prayer meeting can follow?
0: (laughs) Another great question. I think the best way to start a prayer meeting is before we actually start praying. And that's begin with God himself. There is no more exciting being in the universe or outside of the universe than God himself. And, you know, like we said when we were at our gathering a couple weeks ago, Tim, we were talking about the holiness of God his otherness. He's absolutely other than we are, and he's Mm. infinitely other than we are in everything that he is. And so that means he's infinitely other than we are in his faithfulness. He's infinitely other than we are in his love, and the way he loves, and in the way he's just, and in the way he's kind, and the way he's merciful, and the way he's gracious. He's just infinitely, completely different than anything that we know. And so to to just spend time contemplating God whether it's through reading a scripture or asking people to give testimony of how God has blessed them this last week or you know something that just points to the character and the nature of God that's the best possible way in my opinion to begin a prayer time and Jesus you know when he taught his disciples to pray he said this is the way you should begin our father who art in heaven hmm. Hallowed be your name. That's the way we begin. We begin by the contemplation of God and maybe reviewing his covenant with us, worship, praise, thanksgiving, kind of like, you know, the uh, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise concept in Psalm 100.
1: So the prayer meeting should begin with God. Yes. Who God is, what God has done, what God wants to do with the greatness, the bigness, the glory, the holiness of God. Yes, and the promises of God, the promise is beautiful, yeah, yeah
0: you know, let's talk about what God has promised to do. I mean, here we are, we're gathered gang and we're we're in this room together, and look what the Lord said. He said, "I'll show up at meetings like this. He said that when you agree together concerning anything that you should ask, I'll do it. And He says yeah. to us, you know, if we if you ask anything according to my will, I'll hear you and I'll do it." What an yeah. exciting thing. So just reviewing some of the promises of God as well. Well, I remember that um,
1: that prayer request that was shared at our gathering a couple of weeks ago where the missionary in Nicaragua had been thrown into prison for murder. And we went to prayer, and I began by quoting the passage, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and yes. then went on to make the request based on that. And I didn't think that much of it. And then I uh, you you pointed that out. You know, you you began with the promise of God before the need, before the problem, before the request. You begin with the goodness, the greatness, the power, the majesty of God. Right. And and it, that didn't really register with me until you had said.
0: Oh, that was so powerful, Tim. When you when you led with the, your prayer and your actual request with with that passage in Isaiah fifty seven, I was thrilled. I was jumping out of my seat in my heart and i'm going oh this is going to be a great prayer because we're starting with god's promise here
1: yeah when you mentioned when you mentioned that i thought to myself wow i finally got something
0: right <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah tim you get all kinds of stuff right a lot but, uh, yeah that was that was a great moment and i think that's what we do we tend to we have our requests a thing that we want done or things that we need and those are all legitimate of course but when we start with our need in our yeah. request, rather than what God's promise is, then then we're at a real serious deficit. But I have confidence when I start in the promise. Yeah. You know, you, you said, Lord, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And that wasn't just a promise to Israel. You know, that verse says that this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Yeah, amen. So every, this applies to everybody who is serving Jesus. So... What an incredible thing to to be able to bring that to the Lord. You know, one one guy that I read years ago, he said that pr- uh, prayer is kind of like uh, an attorney, not, not trying to convince the jury, not in that sense, but an attorney bringing the legal and righteous and biblical case before God of why he should hear the next thing I'm going to ask him to do.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm just going through Exodus, Leviticus, and... Uh... God tells Moses, step aside, I'm going to wipe these people out. And Moses just begins to plead the character of God. And he says, Lord, remember, you said, you said this, that you were going to bring them out, that you were going to uphold them. These are your people. You've brought them into the covenant with yourself. And he just prayed the promises of God.
0: He did. He did. You know, uh, back in the early 70s, when we were doing prayer meetings in Santa Ana, uh, we, we used to have an hour-long prayer meeting that just prepared us and the people mm. that would be coming for the prayer meeting. It was amazing. Mm. And it was just worship and all that. But yeah. uh, somebody produced um, something by uh, a guy that I'd never heard of before, Armin Guesswine. And it was a mimeographed or photocopied uh, story of how he became uh, someone leading prayer renewal in the church. And, mm-hmm. it, and it started with the very first prayer meeting he ever attended was one that he was leading. So he was leading the first <laughs> prayer meeting he'd ever attended. And this guy named Ambrose Whaley, this old retired Methodist minister, uh, came to the prayer meeting, and he prayed differently than anybody else. And and uh, Armin Gessman couldn't figure out what's what's so different about the way he prays. There's such power. It's like heaven and earth are touching each other, and there's a a back-and-forth connection that none of us here in the room have. So he went over to where Ambrose Whaley lived and asked him if he would show him the secret. And so Mm. he brought him out to his barn, and uh, they climbed up the ladder into these hay bales, and they knelt down to pray. And right right in front of the place where Ambrose Whaley would often go to pray was an open Bible. And so Armin Guestwine prayed his prayer, typical, you know, laying out the request, the need, giving mm-hmm. God instruction on how he ought to meet that need. And then, mm-hmm. and then Ambrose Whaley prayed. And then after he finished praying, Guestwine says to him, there it is again, that same difference. What's the secret? And Ambrose Whaley turned to him and said, young man, learn to plead the promises of God. Mm, and, then really? he, and then he unpacked that statement, what that meant. And there's actually a great article on that, the same article that I read all those years ago, that I I found again, another, it's the same version of it that I had had, at leaderu.com. You can get it there. Or if somebody wants to just email me at strongerpastors at gmail.com, then I'll, I'll send you a, a PDF copy of it. But it's just very, very powerful that whole idea of starting with the promise of God, leaning, learning to plead the promises of God—three thousand of them, or whatever—in the in the in the scriptures. That's our prayer manual. That's our prayer book right there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Given the kind of turn of the screw here, the the going from monologue to dialogue, praying the promises of God, worshiping a holy, awesome God. Uh, I think these things can not only re-energize someone's personal prayer life. But also then the church prayer meeting. Yeah. Now here, here's a practical question for you, or something that we've all come into, we've all experienced. What can a pastor do to rescue a mediocre prayer meeting that's already in progress? Um, maybe he did start off on a good trajectory, talking about the promise of God, the glory of God, the holiness of God. And yet the people have kind of just fallen into the typical pattern of just praying their need and then uh, ending. But well, what can a pastor do to infuse life into the mediocre
0: prayer meeting? Okay, well, my suggestion very first off would be that the pastor himself needs to commit himself to leading the prayer meeting. Uh, he needs to see himself as, as a human instrument of the Holy Spirit to lead that meeting. Like in Romans chapter 12, you know, he who leads, let him do it with diligence. Mm. It needs to be diligent. So I think there needs to be preparation uh, for the leading of the prayer meeting. So we prepare for our Bible teachings. We prepare for uh, some of the meetings that we have to do in overseeing a church, but we do little preparation and preparing for a prayer meeting. So I think we need to be prepared, be prepared with some scripture, be prepared with anything the Holy Spirit wants to show us ahead of time about how to lead that particular meeting. I think that's Really, really important. And then um, with that preparation, going into the prayer meeting and seeing if, if by more effective leadership and more effective introduction of these kind of concepts that we're talking about, that prayer is two ways, see if that prayer meeting can be revitalized. If it can't, then it might be good just to put a pause on it and then wait a little bit and then relaunch it in its new version. <laughs> and then <laughs> right from the get-go, have uh, have it be known that this is going to be a different kind of a meeting. And so there are, are specific things that can be helped, you know, that can enable that pastor to lead. Um, we could call them rules of engagement, uh, perhaps. But uh, I think that's really important is that there needs to be a real commitment to leadership. And if the pastor himself doesn't have time to do that preparation, if there's somebody who is a prayer and someone who has a gift of leading in the church that is part of his leadership team, then let that guy do it and uh, and talk with him and, and uh, you know, just make sure you're on the same page with him. You know, I think that would be helpful, too.
1: Yeah. So if I could summarize some of the points you've made, the prayer meeting should be ideally pastor led. God-focused. God is number one. We talk about the glory, the holiness of God, the promises of God, the power of God. And even though God is transcendent in other, he so desires to be imminent and to be with us in his presence, to guide and whatnot. And then whatever needs are brought before the Lord. They're done so in that context of who God is and what God wants to do.
0: Yes, yes.
1: I love that. And uh, I... um The reason I suggested uh, this, I didn't really suggest the podcast, I said, why don't you uh, do a podcast on prayer meeting and whatnot, then it came out that I would interview you, is that that time a couple weeks ago up there when we were talking about this, I was just really convicted and then also excited about uh, re-energizing some of the prayer meetings that I'm involved here with at the church and so I thank you for
0: that. Oh, you're welcome. And I'm excited, too. I'm, uh, this is just the whole subject excites me. And um, it'd, be, it'd be great to just see an increase and in improvement in the way we gather together.
1: Yeah. And for those of you listening to the podcast here, if you, you take these things and uh, you do begin to rethink and re-energize and restructure your prayer meeting, I, I think Bill would really love to hear from you that uh, here's some fruit from this, pro- from this podcast. And here's what we've done to reshuffle some things, and it's been it's been life for our church. It's always great to get feedback and to get testimony.
0: Absolutely, thanks for that, Tim. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm pretty much done with my questions. Bill. <laughs> well, let me just talk about uh, a few other things. You know, some of the elements of a prayer meeting. You know, obviously worship. We focus. We start with God Himself. Don't be afraid to use the Bible. Let the Bible's our prayer book. Read it contemplate it, maybe read a psalm, whatever is an introduction to God's character. One of the things that can be done, you can take a psalm and then just say, okay, everybody, uh, as we've read this psalm, what are the attributes of God that are identifiable in this psalm? Hmm. Uh, and then secondly, you can go, okay, so what are some of the things that God says in this psalm he will do? Yeah. And boy, we're focusing on God, you know, that type of thing. And then you know, prayer should be kept short. We one of the things that will kill a prayer meeting and the life of the prayer meeting is as a long monologue in prayer. You know, the lo- the Lord's prayer itself, for me, takes about twenty eight seconds to repeat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the the prayers are short. I know I'm repeating myself here, but you know, one pastor that I know, he he jokingly but seriously says, you know, in the first minute of our prayer. Me, when you pray in a prayer meeting, I'm praying with you. But in the second minute, I'm praying for you. If you pray into the third minute, I'm praying against you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So many times people people have been praying, and I'm just thinking, oh, God, make them shut up.
0: Please. Make them shut <laughs> make, up. Yeah. Make,
1: make them stop. Um, something that kind of uh, irksome to me, if I can be, be honest here, please. is the, the one who prays They have a need. They want uh, their great aunt to be healed back in Minnesota. And, oh, God, um, you hear everyone who comes to you. Thank you that you created the world. Thank you that you redeemed us in Jesus Christ. Thank you that you're coming back again. Thank you that you touched all the people you did in, in, in the Bible. Thank you that you care for the least, the last, and the lost. And, Lord, I bring my aunt now before you. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, okay. In a sense, that's following the pattern that we've been talking about. But then they pray for the next door neighbor's uh, mortgage that is late, and they say, "Oh God, who created the world, who redeemed us in Christ, who's coming again." And they say the whole same thing again and again and again. And I'm thinking, oh boy, why don't you just ask the question?
0: Yeah. Just, I mean, just just bring the
1: request. What can you imagine your son coming up to you? And saying, Dad, oh, I know you work so hard and dad you supply for us and dad you get up every day and you you know you're so diligent, you come home and you're tired, and dad, I just appreciate you so much. And I have a bowl of ice creams. And you're going, dude, you should have just started with the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't need to go through all of that all of the time. Yeah. And I'd so and without trying to sound unspiritual, I'd sure like to break God's people of that habit. Yeah of always, for lack of a better word, uh, buttering up God every time yeah, they yeah. pray. It's like I heard about the the cannibal boy that was sent home from school for buttering up his teacher. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, I just, you know, I think praise, and I think everything you've laid out is so, I mean, it's so beautiful. It's so biblical. It resonates with my spirit. And everything within me says yes. And then I have the prayer flatterers. Yeah. And uh, I just have to wade through those prayers and with so much patience, yeah. listen to that kind of stuff. And I think it's important
0: that we even not only teach pastors these things, but teach our people. Absolutely. And one of the things that's in this, uh, the example you've given, one of your pet peeves, it's my pet peeve too, is that you know, the person has gone from subject to subject in the course of that one prayer. Not only has he buttered up God or she butted up God, but has gone from subject to subject. It's really hard to follow a train of prayer thought like that. Mm-hmm. You know? And Jesus talked about agreeing together. If two or more agree is touching anything on earth. And you know that Greek word there is uh, the word for symphony. And just think of the way a symphony is played. You know, you've know, you got all the different instruments, but they're, they've got one heart, and that is to watch that conductor and to follow mm-hmm. the notations that are on their page in front of them. And so it's really hard to do that. It's really hard to pray in symphony. So I think we need to teach our people to just let the Holy Spirit have an opportunity to, to take that prayer where he wants to, limit your requests to one at a time, uh, as much as possible, and then there's an opportunity for us to agree with you. And that's another aspect of an exciting prayer meeting, is that when when you're praying for your minute or less, I'm in agreement with you. I'm yeah. praying too. I mean, that yeah. counts. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, agreement turns into opposition after a while. It does. It really does, and I think that's important. Maybe too.
1: you heard this story about uh, Spurgeon. He was at a prayer meeting, and whoever was praying was just going on and on and on and on. And finally, he got up and said, Hey, brethren, let's sing this hymn while our brother finishes praying. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he got a little bit impatient with it, too.
0: That's great. That's awesome.
1: I heard about this lady at a prayer meeting when this fellow was going on and on and on. And finally, she said, Just call him Father and ask him something.
0: You know? Oh, hey, I, see, oh. now that's a great line right there. Just call him Father and ask him something. Amen. And there's the brevity
1: that you're speaking yeah. of. Yeah, it's very worshipful. Respectful. Yeah, yeah it is. It, uh, it is. And so somehow we've gotten the thought though or the, uh, the the value that the longer the prayer, the more spiritual right And I think we need to break God's people of that fallacy.
0: Yes absolutely because like we've pointed out, you know just do a study of the prayers in the Bible. The longest prayer in the Bible that I know of is Solomon uh, the, temple. the temple in First Kings chapter 8. but the actual request, when you boil it all down, isn't that long? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other things, a lot of, that are going on in that particular prayer, but that's an exception. Even there, but you know, the prayers of Hezekiah, especially uh, in I think it's in uh, well, it's in Second Kings, but uh, when he's praying about the Assyrian problem mm-hmm. and that whole thing, his actual request was short. Yeah. And uh, and and again and again, Daniel. Also, in Daniel chapter 9, there's a lot of confession, a lot of worship and whatever, but the actual uh, request was very, very short yeah. in in, in r- relative terms.
1: And when Elisha prayed for his servant, O oh, Lord, open his eyes.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, five words. Very, very, Yeah, because if we're praying according to the will of God, and we're praying in view of the promise of God, words don't matter in terms of how many of them there are.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. Like I said, I've asked all my questions, Bill. <laughs> well, I mean, there's
0: some other things. Let's talk about maybe some rules of engagement. So we've okay. talked about length of individual prayers. We've talked about uh, those kinds of things. Uh, I would so- also talk about confidentiality. If somebody's bringing up a personal issue, then it's a confidential issue in that prayer meeting. And the only way I could repeat what that prayer was about would be, for me to go to that prayer and say, hey, no, we prayed about this. Can I share this with my wife? Or do you mind if I ask others to pray about this too? Other than that, it's a confidential matter. I think that's important. Uh, I think that you know, if we want to take a group prayer meeting in a church, um, one of the best ways to deal with the personal needs that are present in that group is to do it in small groups. So if the group size of that prayer meeting is already small two to five people then maybe reserve personal requests for near the end of the meeting and give them two sentences short sentences to synopsize their request and Mm -hmm. then have the person on their left pray for that request and you can easily go around that group that group of five people uh, in just a matter of a few minutes and yeah. if the group is larger than that, six or more, then split them into groups of three or four. Yeah. And yeah. Y- you've handled those personal needs. We, I don't think that the group prayer meeting for the church is the place for Mary Joe over here to be praying about all of the things that she needs while there's a group of 40 other people uh, trying to agree with her. I think that it's better yeah. to do it in a small group. Uh, we talked about don't begin with a list. Uh, and the reasons for it is that if we begin with a list, then we're making it a man-centered prayer meeting instead of a God-centered one. Yeah. Don't make the mistake of starting your prayer meeting with the question, does anyone have a prayer request? Mm. Mm. <laughs> that does the same yeah. thing. It just begins a man-centered focus. And then it gives the, the long-winded people that are going to be giving their prayer requests, it gives them an opportunity to go on and on and on and on and on. And, on, and we never get to praying.
1: Well, and those people that go on and on, either when you ask them what their prayer request is, or as they're praying, they give the backstory of why they want to pray for their aunt in Minnesota. And, oh, Lord, uh, Aunt Jenny... And you know that she's had a hard life, and you know that five years ago she lost her husband, and you know that she's lived you know, and, and kind of just laying out the story for the sake of the people mm-hmm. and not making the request known to God. So much of prayer is is addressed to people and yeah. not to God. So yeah. much of prayer is backstory. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we're gonna address this to, to weed to get can we get the tears out of the weed without without damaging the crop? Yeah, Uh, because so much of this is backstory.
0: Yes. And that's what wearies me. Yeah, I agree. In the needy people, and this is the sad part of it, Tim, and you and I know this as pastors. The needy people have, have an emotional need they feel to be able to give the backstory because that way somebody's hearing them. Uh-huh. But the ironic thing about the whole thing is that the more the needy people insist on telling all of the backstory whenever they talk to anybody, even in a prayer meeting, the less people want to listen to them.
1: And that's what kills the prayer
0: meeting. It does. It kills the prayer meeting.
1: We uh, pray for P- after every message Sunday morning we have two worship songs in a time of communion and the elders we position ourselves around the sanctuary and uh, we invite people up for prayer we just say you know just tell us what you need from Jesus and we'll pray for you mm. it's not a counseling time or whatnot. and so they have to get very um streamlined yeah here's what i need from jesus uh-huh. i have a you know uh, between this college and that college i'm not sure what to do and so okay let's pray for wisdom Just tell us what you need from Jesus.
0: There's no reason why we can't lead our prayer meetings that way and be that specific in that directive.
1: You know, uh, even as we're talking here or you're talking, I'm thinking I I should do a teaching to the church um, and include all of these things that we've been discussing, these things that you've been laying out, and all come to the same page if we could in terms of what to expect at a prayer meeting instead of just informing those who come to the prayer meeting but make it a church-wide teaching and address those who give the backstory and all these kinds of things. And uh, I think this might be very edifying for the church.
0: Yeah, well, it certainly could could give them a little more hope that if they attend a prayer meeting, it'll be a pleasurable experience.
1: Yes, and that, that would be one of, the, uh, one of the benefits of that.
0: So I've got a little commercial unsolicited here. Um, I've been listening to the podcast of a guy named Daniel Henderson, who leads this uh, group called Strategic Renewal. He's like like Poyman pastors are. He's a retired senior pastor, but now he's serving pastors. But his heartthrob is really to help people and churches be renewed in their in their prayer ministry. So um, I just started watching his DVD series because I've I've uh, you know, been listening. I listened to a couple of his podcast episodes, and I really liked it and resonated with everything he was saying. Anyway, that's a good resource for leaders. I would recommend this for the pastors. You know, to watch this themselves, and or listen to it themselves, and then if they want to, they can help train their leaders, and then maybe uh, uh, create uh, teaching opportunities to the church about it. But. What's the title of that again, Bill? Uh, Well, the title title of the DVD is How to Experience and Lead Life-Giving Prayer Times. How to Experience and Lead Life-Giving Prayer Times by Strategic Renewal. And the pastor's name is Daniel Henderson. And it's just good, solid stuff. I don't think anybody would disagree with it. It's just really good stuff.
1: Well, Bill, I've uh, enjoyed our podcast time here together. I know that I am, I'm excited to energize my own personal prayer life and the prayer meeting of the church. It's been some good, solid stuff here, Bill.
0: Thank you, Tim. And I would just say, you know, let's just remember that uh, prayer is God's idea. You know, when he said, See, if you seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me, that's an invitation. And boy, to be invited by the God who created everything and created us and loves us into that kind of communion is just wonderful. And to be liberated from the tedious shouldness of have to having to spend an hour with requests and just mm-hmm. uh, having this a two-way communication is just so helpful. Yeah, I,
1: I think of all the billionaires in the world, they would probably hire people to keep people like me away from them. And yet, the the guy who created it all, the one who created it all, invites me uh, graciously into his presence to know him and to love him and to be loved by him.
0: Well, thanks for hosting this program, Tim. And (laughs) you did a great job, and it helped me to understand what it's like to be on the other side of
1: things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Bill. And hopefully it'll be effective in the lives of those who listen.
0: Amen. Amen. Strength for Today's Pastor is sponsored by... Pointman Ministries. You can find us at pointmanministries.com That's spelled P-O-I-M-E-N ministries.com If something in today's program prompts a question or comment or if you have a topic idea for a future episode just shoot us an email at strongerpastors at gmail.com That's strongerpastors at gmail.com May the Lord bless you as you serve him, his pastors and his church.